1: When I try Deathwish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But
0: Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Nerds and I got 10% off. You can too! In a world of lame nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds will rise to the challenge. We hold the studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm yours, Curtis. With me, as always, got Adam. How's it going, Adam?
2: I'm pretty good. Saw uh, three movies this week, which is uh, a lot. Uh, kind of more, <laughs> A lot more than usual. Um, yeah, we are kicking into gear in festival season, so... Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's... Yeah, it's a lot. It's, um...
0: We're we're gonna be talking about the Vancouver International Film Festival this week, uh, and next week, too. Uh, yeah, because it basically goes on for a week, but it's just, like, a week of, like, hyper-concentrated movie experiences. Like, today alone, I'm watching four movies, and yeah it's it's gonna be rough but hey you know what cinema baby uh, i also remember like before covid like regular screenings there was like three or five three to five a week it was crazy like ever since covid like the movie screenings like most movie studios now just stick to like <clears throat> one movie coming out a week maybe two but like It's not like before where they would just dump, like, five movies in a week and be like, let's see how this all does at the box office. It's like, spoiler alert, like, more than half of these are not even going to be a blip on the radar. So, anyways. Um, yeah. Big news this week is the Writer's Guild of America strike has officially ended. So, yeah, they reached an agreement and, uh... From what I was reading, they the members also have to vote on it, but considering that most of the higher-ups have all approved it, it should be most people just falling in line with it, because, I mean, for the most part, those people represent what the members are all looking for, so, yeah, it's it's good, I guess. We still have the SAG strike, which is still ongoing, but something tells me that if they can end the, that Writers Guild strike, they can probably end the SAG strike with a pretty good deal, so... Hopefully we get that soon. Yeah.
2: No time. Yep. Need, mm-hmm. need them to get to work on some new content.
0: Yeah, Lord knows I can't keep rewatching the same episodes of Ahsoka. So get to it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Already, studios are. We'll get to this in a bit, but studios are already starting to like set up meetings for stuff because they obviously can't do stuff with um uh actors yet, but like. They can start getting writers on projects again, which is good. I mean, that's even a start. It's not going to fix every issue right now, but hey, it's going to get the ball rolling, and that's kind of what we need right now. So, yeah, nothing too much else to say. Uh, The deal does sound pretty optimal for them. Uh, Basically, like, no AI minimum required number of writers in a room. So, I mean, it's all stuff that's going to basically benefit the writers. So, it's all good stuff. Uh, awesome. yeah, I haven't actually,
2: yeah
0: Oh, sorry. sorry.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just, I, I hadn't heard any of the, uh, the terms that were sort of agreed upon yet, so kind of they got what they wanted out of it.
0: Yeah, like, they basically didn't want AI involved at all, and AI is not going to be involved in the writer's room. Um, and then they also were asking that, like, there be a minimum size for writer's room, so... Uh, that was something they got, yeah. and then just big stuff like residuals and stuff like that. Like it's all the stuff they were asking for. So,
2: yeah, that's really good. Yeah, cool. I guess it all paid uh, off in the end that they got what they wanted. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: All right, uh, some less favorable news: Harry Potter star and screen icon Sir Michael Gambon, uh, who played Professor Albus Dumbledore, has passed away at the age of eighty-two. What a legend! Um, I think most people know him as Dumbledore. Funny enough, he took uh, the role on after another actor that played Dumbledore passed away, um, Richard Harris. But uh, yeah, he he played uh, Dumbledore for the remained, excuse me, of the series. Uh, but that wasn't the only thing he was known for. He was in uh, Gosford Park, The King's Speech, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife. A uh, bunch of stuff. He even he acted up until like around 2019, where it looks like he just kind of like softly retired. So, yeah, he was in Paddington Two, the classic of cinema. So,
2: yeah. Oh, the the cook the thief is wi I remember I watched that in film school. I probably would have never watched it otherwise, but really unique, kind of quirky movie. Highly recommend.
0: Yeah. Very visually stunning movie, that's for sure. Um
2: Great great actor.
0: Yeah. And it's like I always loved that about the Harry Potter movies. They really did bring together like some of the best British actors. Like I it's so interesting to go watch those movies as an adult and be like, Wow, you really did get a Star Studded cast. Like when you're a kid you're like, Oh, wow. Dumbledore's great, but now you're like, oh, like This guy that played Dumbledore, he had, like, such a rich history even before he took on that role, so. Yeah. Uh, He will be missed. So that's
2: Americans, and we we don't know all the British stuff he did beforehand.
0: Most people, yeah, most people don't. I feel like I'm a little burdened with, like, looking these things up, and I'm so curious nowadays, but, yeah, I think a lot of people just don't care. If anything, like, probably most people see him and other stuff, and they would be like oh, that's the guy from Harry Potter. It's like, mm, yes and no. Uh, The X-Men live-action reboot at Marvel Studios is finally beginning development as Marvel Studios have already set uh, writer pitch meetings for it. so Yeah, they are getting ready to start on that. Which has me kind of curious because uh, they're starting to get on writing that. I wonder if... We're going to start getting our first teases of the mutants entering the MCU soon. Deadpool 3, maybe? Question mark? Um, but yeah. What what does it, anyone... Like, what does everyone want to see from an X-Men reboot? Like, is there anything specifically that you would want them to get right?
2: I'm still waiting for that rebooted uh, X-Men, like, 97 animated series they were working on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Look really cool. I remember watching that as a kid. So hopefully, they're
0: they're getting bringing
2: that out soon.
0: I hope they like really nail the fact that like these people probably don't always want to work together. Like <laughs> at least in like the '90s uh, animated series, like yeah, Cyclops and Wolverine would fight often. They kind of did that in the movies too, the um, the Fox movies. I kind of hope they continue that. Like I kind of want it's like. Yeah, they're working together, but they're, like, not always get along. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool. So, something to bring in. That's yeah, good to have
2: the rivalries.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Um, alright, and then the Marvels. Uh, that's pretty much the only MCU movie coming out the rest of this year. Uh, that's even if it sticks with its release date. I kind of feel like it will, but... Uh, yeah. That has been confirmed to be the shortest MCU movie thus far at an hour and 45 minutes. Um, some people don't like this. Some people think it should be longer. I'm like, love it. I love a good 90 minute movie. This is not 90 minutes, obviously. But hey, this is is probably closest a Marvel movie's going to get. Don't overstay your welcome. Don't, don't pad your movie with dumb unnecessary bullshit. Tell your story. Let's go. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I like a short movie. Especially a Marvel movie. And I, I saw... Uh, I don't know if it's the first trailer for this, but like the first trailer that I had seen for this mm-hmm. uh, the other day. And I actually... I really liked it. I thought it looked cool. It was like a cool concept if they... You no, know, execute it properly. I want to. I want to be optimistic about it. Yeah, me too. I, I'd like it. I'd like it to be
0: good. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm still a little res- reserved about it. But you know, let's see. Like, I don't know. I guess uh, the last Captain Marvel movie was kind of a wet blanket for me. It was not very that exciting. Miss Marvel, the show was okay, Uh, and then um, Photon or whatever her name is, the other girl, like, yeah, I really haven't had a whole lot of time for her, so you're kind of pairing a bunch of these characters together that I just don't really care about, but at the same time, too, this could be their time to shine. This could be their time to really let loose, so we'll see. What do you think? Adam, are you, uh, okay with a shorter Marvel movie?
2: Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, the runtime, um, definitely, I love that the nine minutes is kind of the sweet spot, um, but honestly, for me, like, I, I still haven't even seen the first Captain Marvel, uh, I haven't watched the Marvels, or, if, if, or Miss Marvel, if that was, that's what the show was called, mm-hmm. uh, so I really, I, I just haven't been keeping up with these characters, um. But I mean, like you know, the movie the movie looks fine, looks cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, I saw Samuel Jackson petting the cat that I guess apparently took his eye out. So glad to see that they're friends again. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of Disney Plus, well, Hulu, because up here in Canada they lump in all the Hulu content with Disney Plus, but down in the U.S. it's still separated. Um, uh, Prey we, that was the uh, prequel to Predator uh, kind of like taking it back to real basics uh, we're getting a sequel to that apparently it's a development at Hulu so that's cool I, uh, I thought the last movie was pretty good maybe not great but it was pretty good and I'm excited to see what they do with this one
2: there was another one that was only like ninety minutes long, and yeah, it was really well done.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a very, I don't know, just like it understood that like yeah, these things are really just about yeah, just having a good time, and uh, I like the uh, that they kind of just took it back to like prey and predator relationship and kind of flipping that around a little bit on its head. So that was a uh, that was a good movie uh i don't know what i want to see in a sequel i don't maybe they even do a time jump maybe they take it to like medieval times or something or maybe they take it to like i don't know trying to think of like world war ii Maybe you do like a predator movie set world war ii and then you have them hunting nazis there you go that's your pitch (laughs) actually now that i think about that'd be actually kind of fucking awesome
2: um, like do you, do you think it would continue with the same girl and stuff, or they would go to like a completely different like? Honestly, honestly I can see it
0: going either way. I kind of feel like the plot of the girl from the first from the last movie like kind of got resolved, and I feel like I don't need to see any more of her. But also at the same time too, I mean, she's now aware and an expert on the alien on the predator. So having her fight the more of them this time, you know could be interesting i i do think there's some value in maybe just telling a different story with different characters so but Mm. honestly either way would probably be okay hey spark you listen to the newest album by smash mouth no i haven't gotten my um all right uh dc studios James Gunn uh, lists three DCEU actors and characters that will be a part of the new DCU. Uh, those being John Cena's Peacemaker, Viola Davis' Viola Davis's uh, Benda Waller, uh, and Blue Beetle star Zolo. Uh, I'm not gonna try to pronounce that last name. I'm just I know I'm gonna butcher it. Is Jamie Reyes Blue Beetle? So, um, cool. Uh, I, I do like how it's mostly characters that... Uh, it's two characters that he worked with in his movie, <laughs> in uh, Blue Beetle. So, it uh, keeps it simple, I guess. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm, um, I guess because, like, I'm still not entirely clear if it's a soft reboot or full reboot. Um, but I know, like, I think he did say that, like, um, like, no one will have, have to seen, like, any of the previous movies or shows to, like, understand the new DCU, so... Mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of using the same actors, but in, like, a new continuity. Yeah. Uh, which I, I think I kind of prefer, because, like, instead of trying to, uh, like, keep certain threads from the, the last era... Like, just, yeah, you can keep the actors, but make it make it kind of brand new... Like, kind of like the J. Jonah Jameson situation. Yeah. Um,
0: like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny, though, too. Like, especially with Amanda Waller, because she was in the original Suicide Squad movie, and then they soft rebooted that with the Suicide Squad. Another soft rebooting again. It's like, yeah. she's been through, like, two soft reboots now. Good for her. Um, she survived both yeah. of them. But, I mean, Peacemaker's good. Uh, I like his character, and I. I don't know, we don't know too much about, like, what the film and TV situation's all going to look like with the new DCU, but I imagine that he probably sees a place for peacemaker in that story. Um, you know, we know he likes to work with his friends, so, you know, somebody, you know, you can make the argument, too, that he's probably playing a little favoritism, nepotism with his friends here, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see if it pays off and works. Blue Beetle, I mean, I think he's even said that Blue Beetle was, like, the start of the DCU, even though, like, honestly, watching that movie, it was like, I don't think you're committing to anything with this. Like, they didn't, they were like, oh, Superman exists in this world, but we don't want to, like, show off Superman or anything, like, I don't know, it just felt like it was, like, half a foot in the door, not really ready to commit to anything, so...
2: Well, they kind of inherited that movie, too. Like, it was yeah. greenlit from the previous regime, and I think they kind of retooled it to leave it open to make it work with their new universe if like if it was successful enough, which I guess it was, because yeah. they're going to stick with them. But, yeah. Yeah, I think definitely the, the new Superman movie will be more like the kind of official start of, this, of the new universe and set some things up a little more concretely.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, finally, um, we're getting more rumors that um, Matthew Vaughn's going to be directing The Authority, the upcoming DC project. Uh, This was rumored back in April, Um, and then, yeah, like a few days ago, a few other leakers and scoopers came out and all confirmed that pretty much what was said back in April, they've heard to be true too. Um, yeah. Uh Cool, I guess. I mean, Matthew Vaughn did a good job with First Class of taking some relatively obscure characters, and some known characters, and kind of creating a, a fun little movie out of it. Uh, I think he could probably do the same with The Authority. I mean, there's a lot of really obscure characters in this, but... I don't know. I think he can pull it off.
2: I'm really excited by that. Uh, First Class is probably still like one of my top ten, maybe, maybe even top five superhero movies. Yeah. Um, I even liked, uh, I think he did Kick-Ass, too. Yeah. That was kind of a more of an oddball kind of superhero movie, but, but I thought it was still pretty good. And Yeah. And I guess, obviously, all the Kingsman movies and stuff, so... Yeah, he's, he'd be a great director to have as part of the new DC.
0: I guess my only complaint is, like, it does kind of seem like at least Matthew Vaughn's directing style and James Gunn's are, like, kind of similar, like, a little more on the edgier side, and, like, you know, like, I think I feel like if you watch mm-hmm. their movies, there's definitely some through lines in how they make their movies, um, so I'm a little, like, mm, it does feel like it's a little samey, but... I guess when you're building a universe, that's probably a part of it, too, right? So, I don't know. That's the only thing, is I don't want this whole set of movies to feel the same. Like, part of what I like about the MCU is you have different directors come in and bring in a little bit of their own style. Yeah, there's some consistency and some things that th- carry on throughout, but, like, you also want to, like, you know, have your little bit of flares there. So, I'm just hoping that, that this universe doesn't all feel too too much the same. Alright. Well, that's it for the... Oh, sorry. You were going to say something? No, no. Okay. No, no. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and review some stuff back in a bit. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't
1: gotten my copy yet. Oh,
0: man. It's the
1: bomb.
0: Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie
1: with Mike Myers, Shrek.
0: It's okay, I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though.
1: Ah, a ghost!
0: I'm the ghost of streaming future! What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want on almost any device. It's pretty cool, in fact. Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control,
1: but from the future.
0: It's Nice that you can stream on, in fact, why don't you go to HTTP colon forward over slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash free angry so you can try the service for free for one month if you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time
1: wow, there's a lot here yeah, there is. What's
0: dubstep? All right, we're back. Uh we got a lot of reviews. So let's just dive into it. Uh the big Ten pull release this week is the creator uh it's from the director of Rogue One. Uh he also wrote this, which we'll get to in a bit on whether that was a positive or a negative. Um but yeah, the creator uh all three of us saw it this week. Um I don't know. Ryan, why don't you start us off? What did you think of the creator?
1: Um. Alright, so... I thought it was, like, a decent movie. I wouldn't say it was, like, anything super, super special. But mm. I will say, and this is my own fault, I think I did have expectations that were too high to go into this movie just because I'd been like seeing things um from people who had already seen it saying that this was just an instant classic, instant sci fi classic, just one of the best sci fi movies to come out in the last few decades and I feel like that was not the those are not the expectations you should go into a movie with mm-hmm. just because, you know, you're bound to be disappointed but i will say um we talked about this a lot um after we saw it um the effects were awesome and um one of you guys said that he uh he comes from a special effects background and i think that's pretty evident it looks really really awesome cool design in in general but like really well executed like no, like, rubbery CGI. Just all looked really grounded for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, like, pretty generic story, pretty generic ending. Wasn't, wasn't anything special, but um, still enjoy myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, if you look at uh, Gareth Edwards, he's mostly got uh visual effects credits to his name he also obviously started to do some directing um yeah like his big breakout was monsters back in 2010 2014 he did godzilla and then uh, 2016 was rogue one but then seven years nothing and then he's finally come back with the creator um yeah i don't know i this movie yeah visually looks very good the actors are all fantastic in this but the script just There's a lot of issues with this script for me. Um, Just in terms of, like, there were some plot holes in terms of, like, setting things up in this universe that didn't quite always pay off. Uh, The third act just turns into, like, a huge, rushed kind of mess of a movie. Uh, Not the least of which, because they're trying to essentially um, kind of wrap everything up. And then when they do that, it just turns the movie into this, like just generally very convoluted mess because there's moments where, you know, something happens and there's supposed to be, like, some emotional kind of resonance. You're supposed to feel with the characters, but then the movie just rushes along to the next scene before you can even have any kind of emotional impact. Um, So it just kind of made me kind of feel, like, I don't know, just kind of indifferent to everything that was going on, like, especially in the third act. Even in, like, the second act, there was still some of that. I think the first act was probably the strongest, setting up, like, the the um wife and uh all that stuff like i thought that was really well done uh but then yeah started to kind of slowly unravel itself i definitely think this movie could have used uh another look through with another writer uh screenwriter just to kind of like iron out some of these smaller issues like i think there's a generally a really cool idea here for a movie and like what they wanted to tell in the story is really interesting but i think yeah just it needed a little bit more, I guess, kind of critical eyes on it to kind of flesh out those issues. And somebody, and something tells me like the studio and even some other people are probably like, oh, it's Gareth Edwards. He did Rogue One. But keep in mind that Rogue One was not solely wrote, written by him, he had other people writing that movie with him, and they probably were watching over the script and kind of helping iron things out. So I don't know. Uh,. Mostly pretty good, but just, yeah, just a little rough around the edges, story-wise. Um, Adam, what did you think
2: of the movie? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with everything that's already been said, too. Um, like, I the like first 30, 40 minutes, I really loved. I thought it was the best part of the movie. Then mm-hmm. um, kind of the second act, it, it started to lose me a bit. Um, what, what kind of surprised me about this movie
1: most, though, I think, was that... I think it is,
2: like, like a war movie first and a sci-fi movie second. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, battleground fights and a lot more deaths, like, in... Even just, like, civilian deaths uh, than I was expecting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the last act is, like... It's almost like they're, like, oh, shit, we need to wrap this movie up. and It's such a rush that... It almost feels like it's just, like, a montage, like, the whole... Yeah. Last twenty thirty minutes. No, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah. So it could have definitely. There's some pacing issues. Uh, some of the some of the storylines don't really pay off. Like the whole thing with the girlfriend. I mean, I guess spoiler yeah, alert. I don't know if we want to say spoilers. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh,
2: yeah. I mean, I I think she should have just died. Like. Yeah. I think it would have been more impactful if she had just died, and he had formed this bond with the child, instead of the child being like, oh, like, it's kind of his child because she was pregnant, and she made a copy or whatever, and... Yeah. Like, we don't we don't need that. Like, just have him form this bond with this kid, like, and have it just be that. Yeah. You know? That, I think that would have be more impactful, and you don't... You didn't need to bring her back and everything in the
0: end. Yeah. Agreed. It, it,
2: just for, like, a split second, yeah. Um... Yeah, so that, you know... Yeah, and maybe that would have saved time for other things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, aesthetically, and the whole concept of the world, it's very Blomkamp. It does feel like a little bit of a Neil Blomkamp ripoff, but it does look very cool. It's kind of that, uh, not not steampunk, but kind of like cyberpunk kind of aesthetic. Um, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. So I, I got mixed feelings. Yeah. I it's think like I feel like it could have been a lot better than it was.
0: Yeah. I do, I do wonder if they'll be like, oh, there's a director's cut of this or something because I feel like they might just come out with something and just be like, oh, this is a better version of this. I don't know. Maybe not, but... Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, let's give this a score. I don't know. Um, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. It's, it's... Oh. I honestly feel like with just my issues with the writing alone, it would be like a 5 out of 10, but I will say like the visuals really are just so effective that like it bumps it up to a 7 for me. Like, I was stunned at how great this movie looked. I I don't think it makes up for or fixes the issues with the script, but it does go a long way to, you know, at least making things feel and look a little better. So, yeah, 7 out of 10. I don't know. What about you, Ryan? What do you think of our score?
1: Um, I was a seven out of ten, but now after just listening to Adam talk there and I'm like remembering all of these like plot details and it's like making me go down as I'm thinking about it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I'm going down to like a six and a half. No.
0: Yeah. Honestly, this movie, like, with all of its potential with its world and its visuals and stuff, could have been so much better. Like, honestly, just have someone look over the script. <laughs> like, oh. what I, and what I don't get to is like uh, Tony Gilroy helped write Rogue One, could have gotten him to take a look. Chris Weitz, John Knoll. Like, there was a bunch of people, like really solid writers that he's worked with that he could have had just even just take a look at the script and just do a once over. Uh, actually, I say that apparently. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no, okay, no, I thought maybe one of the writers actually did work on it, but I don't think that's the case, so, um, yeah, so, anyways, yeah, just could have used a little bit more work in terms of the the uh, the story there, and, uh, yeah, what about you, Adam, what are you thinking for a score?
2: Yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I was kind of feeling a 7, too, like, after the first viewing... But I can't help but feel that, like, if I were to rewatch this movie, I'd probably give it like a six or something. Yeah. So you know, I, I don't know. I'll give it I'll give it like a six and a half, maybe maybe six point seven five, right. somewhere in right there. Yeah. Because the visuals do bring it up, but like I agree with you too. Like purely story wise, pacing wise, it is probably more five or six. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of you know, just. Just eat some popcorn. Look at the videos or the visuals. <laughs> I mean, turn your brain off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just, just that don't kind pay of attention movie. to what the plot's actually trying to do. Just focus on everything else. <laughs> um. Okay. And then the uh, next other uh, big release this week is Saw X, um, the latest Saw movie. Although it is in essence a prequel or an in-betweenquel. Uh, It takes place between uh, Saw 1 and Saw 2. So it's kind of like a Saw 1 and a half, basically. Essentially, John Kramer, Jigsaw, uh, hears of this miracle cancer cure, puts all of his money into it. Unsurprisingly, it doesn't work, and he goes out for revenge. Because... But it's also kind of weird, because he's kind of like a protagonist in this one. Like, he kind of goes from being John Kramer, the, uh, villain of the series to like, you kind of sympathize with him. He got wrongdoed by the scam artist who tried to take his money for a fake fan- cancer cure. Um, so then you kind of sympathize with him, and yeah, like he, he's, you know, uh, sucking their eyeballs out and, you know, getting them to cut off their legs and all that. But you know what? They're... They're not great people either, so you oddly sympathize with them, which I never expected from uh, a horror movie like this. Um, my only real issue uh, is that <laughs> this movie is supposed to be Saw one and a half, but they brought back most of the actors. And keep in mind that Saw one and two came out like early to mid two thousands. These actors are all very much clearly older, and they're like some of them are like they brought back uh, Amanda from the the second movie and she's clearly pushing like 60s and like they're trying to sell her that she's the same age she was in Saw 2 and I'm like ah, <laughs> I see those wrinkles you're not convincing me uh that kind of took me out of it a little bit I don't know I I, I kind of wish they'd even just cast a younger actress that wasn't the same actress but like kudos for like trying to be loyal to that actress but I don't think it really worked for me um, I still really enjoy this. I'm actually giving this a 7 out of 10. Like, it is a fun time if you're a horror fan. Um, probably one of the better options for if you're wanting to get into the Halloween spirit in theaters this year. Alright, Adam, let's talk about Ahsoka Episode 7. You ready? Let's go. Um, i ready. Yeah, I don't know. Probably one of the less interesting episodes... Um, we talked about this when we actually saw the creator a little bit on Wednesday but this guy just felt like a weird episode uh, for a multitude of reasons uh, not the least of which was they were all hyping up Ezra's force karate that he knew and then he's like watch this and he should have had his badass like Luke Skywalker from the end of season 2 of Mandalorian moment and instead he, they, they still defeat him and I'm like did th- that didn't work. <laughs> that was supposed to be our moment to root for Ezra. Instead, I'm like, nope. I don't really care about him anymore now. I don't know. I'm a little disappointed. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Did you like it at all? Yeah, I mean, like, because for me, like, I
2: haven't seen Rebels too, So, like, you know, they're hyping up uh, uh, Ezra and Thrawn, sort of the whole show and I'm kind of wondering like why these characters you know and Yeah. I guess I, I was a little disappointed by both of them kind of seeing who they are and what they're all about it's was, it was like oh okay like Thrawn didn't seem all that intimidating to me I mean I get he's this general strategist guy and it was kind of funny how that, that, that witch the whole time she's she's just like wow he's so smart and he's, he's planning all these things I would have never thought of and I don't know yeah, he's yeah like, Ezra on the force oh, Karate. So like, eh. like, but yeah, no, yeah. He's Go a mas-
0: he's a master strategist. He knows how to defeat all these people. He's unrivaled in his tactile ability, and he's like shoot at the asteroids until they come out. I'm like, that's not that great of a tactile thing. Like, it's not like you have some yeah. master plan. He's like just shoot at the asteroids until they come out. I'm like, ah, that's that's I not that interesting. I'm sorry.
2: Even when his plan's not really, like, working, he's just like, well, but, you see, we have time, and I yeah. planned for time all along, and now we're going to escape. Like, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a few uh, moments right, where he was, right. like, he was basically, like, in essence saying, like, just trust me, I got this. And it's like, uh I don't... I think the, yeah. the, the story very much uh, kind of conveniently accommodates him in a way that was kind of, like, a little odd for me but i don't
1: know uh... um you know i did enjoy
2: a lot of the the fights and the the fight choreography uh, i thought like the lightsaber battles were cool mm-hmm. uh, i liked when they were fighting all the stormtroopers yeah um i can't get the uh, the thing you said about like ahsoka the white i can't get that out of my head and especially because like she was wearing white the whole episode Yeah. Like, damn, she—it is like it is like an Ahsoka the White kind of thing. Like, she's more like determined and focused now.
0: Yeah. Like ever Um, since she she came back from the dead, she's like it's like at the end of or in uh, Lord of the Rings when Gandalf comes back as Gandalf the White, we have now Ahsoka the White. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty spot on. Um.
0: Yeah. I'll give this episode a seven out of ten. It's okay. It's, it's still entertaining enough. It's just I don't know. There was it just felt like, it really wasn't doing a full service to the characters that it could have been. Like I felt like Thrawn could have been, more interesting, imposing, in and Ezra could have been more interesting too. But they kind of just I don't know. They kind of let both of these bigger characters down. So, what do you what are you going to give it a score? Uh, you know.
2: what? A little more. I think seven and a half for me, just because um, I don't know. For me, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the Star Wars stuff, and I, I just want some cool, cool like reaction and stuff. And
1: yeah, for me, it delivered on that.
2: Um, I like, I like too, like kind of how with the Star Destroyer and everything, how it's uh it's just kind of like precariously perched on this that big thing, and like I think yeah. they're doing some. Some unique stuff there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's a seven and a half for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's it for regular stuff. We also have some stuff from VIF. Um, I watched some stuff via screeners, so... Uh, and then you guys have watched uh, some stuff also, too. Um, I'll start us off with an Anatomy of a Fall. This is... Um, a movie that's kind of focused on uh, this uh, wife's uh, partner falls and it's sort of like, hey, you know, what, what caused the fall? What's, like, the background of this? And then you kind of go through this court case of, like, what happened with this person. And it's just a very interesting kind of way of dissecting what happened to this person Uh, And it kind of gets into the characters, like, what was their mindset like, what were they trying to do, stuff like that. I think it all just turned out very well, uh, very interesting. Um, It's a little long, uh, but I do think the lead actress in this, she's, like, fantastic. She's a very famous uh, German actress, and uh, she's just really kind of... uh, personifies the role well um her name's uh, sandra huler uh, if you've never heard of her before but yeah i mean even though the movie's a little long like honestly i was like kind of just absorbing every single moment of her being on screen um so i'll give this an 8 out of 10 i think it is uh a very uh strong kind of um start to fifth at least for myself so um, and then, uh, yeah, next up is, um, Seven Veils, which, uh, also got a link for, which was nice. Um, and yeah, uh, Seven Veils, it's kind of basically, uh, if you've never, uh, seen the director's other work, he really does like to work with Amanda Seafried. uh, and, uh, he works with her again on this. His name's, uh, Adam Egan. He worked with her on Chloe from 2009. Kind of tends to work with her a lot. She uh, essentially plays uh, a theater director who um, has to kind of work on her former mentor's most famous work. Um, Then she kind of has like some memories from her past that kind of come back to haunt her. And uh, yeah, Uh, she kind of has to work through the trauma to kind of uh work through this work that she's uh, been trying to work through for for many years and trying to represent this uh this opera called Salome. Uh it's good. I think the script is not the strongest. Um nor is this ever the the strongest performance I've ever seen from Amanda Seafried. However, there's some good moments in this that kept it entertaining. Um I don't think it's consistently entertaining enough to recommend fully, but I give it like a seven out of 10. Uh, It's, it's good enough. Um, And then uh, finally, uh, at least for what I've seen uh, is um, the Royal hotel. Uh, This is a uh, movie also funny enough. The actor or the director in this uh, likes working with the same actress and brings her back there's a very common theme here of like actresses being your muses that you bring back in this case um yeah the director kitty greed works with uh julia gardner who you probably reckon or remember from uh the netflix show uh the one about them uh lottery money down in the in the south adam you know the show all right which one the one where they're laundering money down in the south, they have, like, a, a boat where they gamble.
1: gamble.
2: Ozark? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ozark.
0: Yeah, Ozark, yeah. She's one of the actresses in Ozark. Uh, she's in this, The Royal Hotel. Ruth. Yeah. And then you also have uh, Jessica Henwick, too, who, like, she was in the latest Matrix movie. She was in Glass Onion and other stuff. Star Wars. You definitely would recognize her. She's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, She was also in that ill-fated Defenders (laughs) show on Netflix, uh, for those that remember that. Um, Yeah, and the Royal Hotel, it's about these uh, girls that go uh, to this... uh, They they end up in Australia on a a party boat, and then they run out of money, and in order to get home, they have to work. But then they're stuck in Australia, so they take this job at this very remote uh, rural bar... And a lot of the guys are just really awful human beings. And uh, a lot of the times, you know, you wonder, are any of these guys going to be, you know, attacking her? Are they going to be awful people? And it kind of just kind of lingers throughout. I don't want to spoil too much about what happens, but definitely some of the guys in this are really just awful people. Uh, Some of them aren't, but it basically kind of has you wondering constantly, like, on edge... Of, like, how these girls might be treated by these guys. Um, Yeah, and then the way that the movie ends, I didn't think was really as effective as it could have been. Considering what it was trying to tell story-wise. But, luckily, the two leads are great. Uh, They kind of carry it throughout. So, also another 7 out of 10. Also, kind of a case of the leads being strong enough that the plot issues are largely still... You can still work through it and still enjoy the movie. So, yeah. Uh, and then you two both saw the promise led yesterday. Uh, what'd you think of it?
2: I go first, Ryan.
1: Sure. Um, I actually like really, really enjoyed this movie. I didn't, I had, I had no idea, um, what it was about. All I knew was, um, Mads Mikkelsen was in it. Um, Oh, so, you know, I was excited to see that. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a bit slow at the beginning. Um, but, you know, kind of like expect that from like a historical, you know, serious period piece melodrama. Um, like a little bit to pick up and then just started going. I thought it was really well. I thought Adam Mickelson was awesome. Um, I thought all the actors was awesome. I really, um, I don't usually like kid actors and stuff. I find them really annoying sometimes, but I thought the kid actor in this was actually quite good. Um, my only kind of uh, issue with it, it's not really an issue, but I thought the villain the villain was like a bit of like a mustache twirling evil dude for the sake of being evil. Um, but I still thought he, he was, you know, the actor was good. and I thought he was compelling on screen, but um yeah i actually really really enjoyed myself
2: how about you adam yeah i i really like this movie too um really well done it's like excellent cinematography uh yep you know like it's 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 kind of like a tragic story like you know like this he's this farmer like like struggling to to farm this unfarmable land um and it's, you know, there, he, he, he's going up against this landowner who's just a psychopath, and, and there's so much injustice and brutality in, in some scenes that it's, it's hard to watch, but it's, it's, it's done really well. Um, yeah, I agree, too. Like, the the kid actor, there's kind of a, a found family, like father-daughter uh, storyline that's, that's done really well, and it's really touching. Um, and the ending's very bittersweet, but it's kind of liked it too. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, Re- just yeah, really well done film. Yeah, also like really funny too. A points.
0: Yeah, there were some yeah. moments
2: of humor too. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, the audience it got a lot of good reactions from the audience too. Like everyone was pretty engaged. Yeah. Okay. Nice.
0: Uh, yeah, what would you guys give it a score of?
2: Um, uh, I'd probably go, like, like a nine.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Maybe 9.2. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really well done. Yeah, I'm sitting at around, like, a nine as well. Maybe even nine and a half.
0: Nice. Cool. Well, I'm seeing it today, so I'm even more hyped now to see it, so. Yeah. There you go. And then, uh, Adam, you saw Juan. I wanted to tell us a little bit about uh, Puan.
2: Yeah, Puan. Uh So I, so I was uh, intrigued by this movie because it follows a, a philosophy professor, or sort of two philosophy professors, competing for the new head of the department position after the the, the previous one just suddenly dies of a heart attack. Uh, and one guy is kind of more like he's kind of he's kind of older and fat and bald and you know he, and, and the other guy he's like like this young cool hot shot, so you kind of have this humor uh, between them uh, but i I was drawn to it because I, I study philosophy in school, um, and it's not often you see films on the subject of philosophy or academic philosophy so mm. uh, but unfortunately, there wasn't a ton of philosophy in the movie. Uh, <laughs> there's a few scenes where he's like teaching in class, but it's very like you know kind of basic one on one class stuff. Um, most of it's just kind of... You're just kind of laughing at him as he's kind of, like, bumbling his way through modern life and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's literally a scene where he, like, sits down on a... on a baby's dirty diaper, and there's just, like, shit all over his pants, and he's, like, trying to hide it and stuff. And... I don't know, I'm kind of like... I mean, like, this is a little... I don't know, like... um, Some of it's charming and, and funny, but it's... Doesn't really have a point. I think at the, by the end of it, I didn't really know like what I was supposed to take away from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there, there is a point at the end where he kind of he does show up the the young hotshot professor because it's almost like the, the they're like the whole government's collapsing and stuff, and the school stops getting funding, so they organize this like uh, protest in the street, and I guess the point's like. When it comes like time to act, like this is the guy who can actually, you know, stand up and negotiate with the police and that stuff, and the other guy just kind of cowards off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, I guess it's there's that you know, I guess it's like when it comes down to it, kind of thing. Right. Uh, but overall, I don't know the movie. It, it was fine. You know, it's a fine light movie. Nothing, nothing super profound or greater. Nothing that I haven't really seen before either, but... Yeah. It was enjoyable. I'd, I'd probably give it, like, a, around a... Maybe, like, a six. Okay. Six and a half out of ten. Nice. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, that's it for this week. We're going to have more VIFF subs to talk next week, so... <laughs> if you think we're done with VIF, we are not. Um, cool. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.
2: Bye-bye.